1: You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now, we are going to give you a quick overview of the US, European and Asian economies today. Lots going on this week. We have tech giants in the US reporting and that will likely drive market action there. Now, over in Europe, former British Finance Minister Rishi Sunak succeeded Liz Truss as the next UK Prime Minister after his rivals quit the race. But can investors there heave a sigh of relief just yet? And closer to home, Hong Kong's shares took a beating earlier in the week while China's third quarter growth beat expectations. What implications would these have on the world's second largest economy? Now for more let's speak to Dr. Silesh Kumar Jha, his group chief economist and head of market research at RHP Bank The Heart. Hi Dr. Jha, how are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
1: Great to have you on our show as well, Dr. Jia. let's start with the U.S. Investors there keeping their sights on major tech firms reporting this week. Alphabet Microsoft reported last night. Have tech sector as a whole been performing up to your expectations and why?
0: Yeah, so the way that the technology sector has been uh, uh, panning out is very much what we uh, are seeing here in Asia, keeping in mind That what happens in the tech sector, uh, we can see it out here, you know, because a lot of our uh, products uh, flow from Asia, Japan uh, into U.S. economy. So we are starting to uh, we are seeing a slowdown uh, in the uh, exports uh, and trade of uh, electrical electronic products. And that is clearly being reflected in the demand side, uh, which is driving, you know, until recently, the tech sector. Uh, uh, the stock market like the NASDAQ down, right? Um, and so what, it's, uh, what is uh, probably clear for us uh, is that, uh, you know, there's going to be a wide variety uh, or heterogeneity of how the earnings evolved in the U.S., like the banks are looking pretty good, you know. Some of the consumer companies that have reported the results have been fine, just fine. Uh, and that uh, you know, in terms of uh, the tech sector, the uh, earning season has yet to uh, be completed. Uh, but that sector uh, for the next one to two quarters is headed uh, for a for a, a slowdown, I would say.
1: We also saw a number of companies, tech companies, announcing hiring freezes, layoffs. Are there any concerns there for the moment, given the slowdown that we are seeing?
0: Yeah. So here's here's what we're thinking. What companies are doing are similar to what is reflected in financial uh, market uh, sentiment currently. Um, you know, and our core view and the bearish sentiment has to do with the idea primarily uh, with the forward-looking view. Uh, that the U.S. economy, at least in terms of market participants and some companies, is headed for a uh, you know a deep recession and a prolonged recession in the U.S. and declining substantive declining global growth. Uh, so the U.S. stock market, like the S&P 500, is pricing in uh, quite a bit of a bearish sentiment. The dollar is pricing in bearish uh, sentiment. Bonds are a bit different because of inflation concerns. But the bottom line is companies are kind of reacting to what's happening in. Uh, in financial markets. We are we have a very different view. So RHB Group as a whole, our view uh, is that uh, the US economy is not headed into any deep and prolonged US re- uh, recession. Uh, our basic case is a slowdown to trend and we're expecting actually a recovery uh, in US and global growth by the summer of, of next year.
1: Dr. Zhang, you mentioned about light at the end of the tunnel recovery uh, very soon. But where will the Fed rates likely be for us to achieve that recovery? What are you expecting?
0: So from our perspective right now, you know, our peak rate in early part of 2023 is 4.5 to 4.75%. The market's priced at 4.9%. We've been at 4.5 to 4.75% to blow our trumpet a little bit for some time. So the market has caught up to our expectation. For us, even if the Fed raises, for uh, you know, to 4.75 to 5%, it's not going to affect our view uh, that basically the U.S. and global economy will start showing signs of a recovery by summer of next year. Because we think, unlike policymakers and the consensus, that the uh, full impact of the Fed is already in the in the markets and in the real economy. Uh, Our sense is that the lead lag structure for monetary policy uh, into markets and into the U.S. economy is two to six months. Um, And so the tightening actually started late uh, 2021, early next uh, early this year, uh, because the market was already expecting the Fed to move. Obviously, the market has, along with us, raised our forecast. But bottom line is we are getting to the end uh, of that hiking cycle, you know, uh, markets fully priced for the eventuality of around five percent so for us what that means is growth starts Mm. showing signs of uh, you know that the worst is like the first quarter of next year uh let's see how the third quarter first estimate of gdp pans out this week in the united states that's out right? right um and uh you know the bottom of the cycle is somewhere in the first half and we're headed for a a decent-sized recovery in the summer uh, of uh, next year. So the key message for your viewers is turn to your friends on your left, turn to your friends on your right. They're all bearish. Life, generally, the truth is somewhere in between.
1: right. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Dr. Silesh Kumar Jha, Group Chief Economist and Head of Market Research at RHP Bank Bahad. Dr. Jha, I would like to turn our attention to look at European markets. uh, Rather positive earlier in the week uh, after news that Rishi Sunak will be the next UK Prime Minister. What can we expect from him in terms of fiscal and monetary policies?
0: So the quick uh, change uh, in leadership uh, in the UK is a good thing. What we can exper- uh, expect uh, is a clear path and a more credible path of both fis- uh, on the fiscal side, right, uh, of, in terms of policy. Um, and that monetary policy, as far as the Bank of England goes, is that they will continue to support financial market stability uh, in, the, uh, in the UK and not let the bond market or the currency go too uh, way off of uh, uh, the fundamentals of the uh, country and global uh, global market. So net net, uh, it's uh, for short term, at least for people who are tactically trading the markets out there, it's positive for risky assets. Net net.
1: All right. And uh, Dr. Ja, from what you're seeing right now, where is the UK economy headed? Can investors in the UK heave a sigh of relief just yet?
0: So from from our perspective, like the rest of the world, UK and the whole continental Europe are headed for a slowdown, Um, you know, and for people who are investing in markets, our key message really is that uh, the U.S. is our topic because the U.S. will lead us out, whether it's in the stock market. Or declining bond yields the u.s will let, let lead us out of this uh rather difficult situation um and europe will continue to lag you know including uk and what that means is europe as a whole uh, is 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 not our top investment destination for us europe in terms of the equities world is a sell-on rally right and essentially currencies uh, uh, around europe will continue to be under pressure as the dollar continues to remain quite elevated until the first half uh, of the of the year, our first half of 2023. So the key message is that the story is that there's no story in Europe.
1: Back in Asia, Dr. Ja, Hong Kong's shares took a beating earlier in the week as well. Hang Seng falling as much as over 6% uh, at the start of the week. Question is, why is this the case? To what extent can Chief Executive John Lee's government ensure market order?
0: Um, it's very difficult for the Hong Kong administration because basically Hong Kong markets... Uh, trade with Chinese markets as far as the equity mm-hmm. market goes. Right. There's no like dichotomy anymore, you know, because Hong Kong for all uh, practical purposes is, uh, as the name suggests, Special Administrative Region of China. Mm-hmm. So it trades with China. So you the view, the way you trade or invest in Hong Kong is you have to have a China view. And the China, for, for us all along, since I've joined the firm, I joined RSB Bank on November 5, 2020. Uh, And our first publication was in the first week of December, 2020. And we have been China bears all along. Uh, So, you know, for the better part of around two years, uh, we've been bearish in Chinese equities and we continue to advocate to investors to sell Chinese equities on rally. Our top trade in foreign exchange is long dollar CNH. uh, And the main reasons really supporting this bearish views on Chinese equities and the currency for example, the currency, from our perspective, about two, three weeks ago in our fourth quarter outlook, we had thought that dollar C&H would head to 720, 730 We're there. And the balance of risk assessment at that point of time, two to three weeks ago, sounds like an eternity in today's world. Uh, but essentially, uh, we had said that the balance of risk was that dollar C&H would trade in 720 to 740. We're already there today rather than first half. So the three main reasons why we're bearish on uh, Chinese markets really uh, is that, one, uh, is that the uh, geopolitical pressure uh, from the West, uh, Western Alliance, to rein in China's, uh, you know, evolution as a superpower, uh, both in terms of economic and uh, military, uh, is going to continue. Uh, they are basically a uh, continued uh, policy, uh, to policies to rein in the tech sector in China, which is an important uh, sector uh, in the mainland China uh, are going to continue. Uh, and third, domestically, the, uh, you know, the recent uh, CPC meeting really didn't give the market any comfort. You know, not only the idea, the, the way that the leadership uh, changed, right, in terms right. of you know, portfolios, who was appointed, not only that, uh, that's a political issue, so I'm not going to comment on that, but basically the overall policy outlook to support growth in markets, this, there was not nothing. Let's just put it this way: a very, very limited uh, uh, to be uh, to be excited uh, uh, excited about. So there's, for us, we when we think about investing and in gui- uh, you know, basically giving guidance to our clients, the main thing we look about look at typical cliche risk reward. So in the China's context, the risk is high, the uh, haze miss misclarity of where the economy is going how policy is going to evolve how the currency was evolve, right uh for example on the currency side which is an important aspect for international investors how, is, uh, how to invest in that country you know the balance of risks is that uh, dollar china could uh, trade eventually to 7.5 to 8. right a uh, point is we just don't know uh, uh mm-hmm. at the other extreme is that then one right. asks in this continent on this beautiful continent of ours, Asia, Japan, is uh, where then to invest, right? What is the comparator, at least uh, uh, moderately comparable? And we think about it in that way. There are other places to invest in Asia, Japan, and that when you basically sell China, what do you do? You basically move to India because basically the, the outlook out there on the macro policy on even on the currency we have some degree of where it's uh, where it's, uh, where it's headed and there's none of these right big super geopolitical tensions that India is in with the, with the West yes they are being pressured not to support Russia that's true but basically it is standing its ground because it's basically a domestically oriented uh, economy China isn't 55 percent of China's private consumption mm. is linked to the export sector so there's the complication there. You know, Um, and so we our key message really to uh, your viewers is sell China, buy India, and invest. uh, And if you have some left, uh, invest in Southeast Asia, right? I'm sure you'll have some left. So you know, India, Southeast Asia, relatively better investment destination uh, compared Mm. to China for the time being. You know, next couple of years, right? we cannot right. say beyond the two year time horizon what's going to happen.
1: And Dr. Ja, just very quickly, I only have about 20 seconds left, uh, but I want to find out more from you. China's third quarter GDP growth, uh, despite that bearish outlook, it came in 3.9% on year beating estimates. Is there any form of comfort at all?
0: Um, not really, because we've been well ahead of the market. You know, in terms of our GDP growth forecast, we're at 3% this year. Uh, you know, the Bloomberg consensus has been revising down, I don't know how many times, you know, uh, last time I looked a couple of days ago was 3.3%. And for next year, we are GDP growth of 4%. uh, And the uh, Bloomberg consensus estimate is 5%. We're well below consensus. China, in the interest of time, is not only in a cyclical slowdown, it's on a structural slowdown. So it's basically hit double whammy. We can't find many countries like that in, in Asia, Japan, which are suffering from both uh, uh, both uh, illnesses i would like to uh, 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 say yeah
1: thank you very much dr ja that was dr silash kumar ja group chief economist and head of market research at rhb bank Bahad.
0: before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance